clear the level. record button. No, I, no, there's no traffic. I just pulled up the traffic map. Okay, your few. Uh, all right. Well, here we are. We're live. Andrew's gone. Nope. I'm here. We're recording. Yep. Yep. <sighs> wow, a lot of dead uh, air. This is someone do the number because I always get it wrong. 61, I think. No. Yeah, zero, 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 six, one. Welcome to the Great. pod. We're here to uh, recap the Bahrainian Grand Prix <laughs> and, and uh, talk about futures and talk about our past. Futures? <laughs> it's like stock futures or just future in F1? Um, I am sponsored by <clears throat> Beefeaters Gin and some partially rotten limes that I squeezed into them. So and Blue Man uh, Group, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you Rob, doing your valet like work it. tonight? Rob is currently wearing a flaming blue vest. I blued myself. <laughs> and a, was that a blue tumbler? Yes, this is actually a... Uh... Oh, I see. It's a glass. Yeah, it's a glass. Your your your. I'll be honest. Your camera is super grainy for me. It's not. It's probably that... hand, it's probably hand blown for all I know. Let's say it. I, I see no reason to believe it's not hand blown. Let's say that. Is this vest part of a suit or yeah, you just wear the vest? Whoa. Why do I, we have the lime's the vest? not the line? You could tell the line was not fresh. Is that the say? Is that the vest uh, M gave you? Yeah, I'm gonna send you boys a link to this vest. Why did she get it for you? She got, uh, us, she got us Christmas presents. She got a vest. What? Is, is it the same it, color? No, is it I got supposed to go under. Uh, I got a green one. Under a suit jacket. You go wherever you want. Yeah, it's like a. Uh, it, yes, it is like a, a formal vest. Charlie's okay. color seems more appropriate than your color. <laughs> you can't see Charlie's. He. he I like, can see it. He has Rob's like color looks like high school prom kind of. He has is a, a yeah, agreed. Tweed with a nice back. Oh, tweed oh, is that? Oh, come nice. on, that's that's yeah. nice. <laughs> a lot of people say you don't wear tweed waistcoats. I don't. You don't wear tweed after Thanksgiving. Some say. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't say. That. <laughs> I'd say that's the only time you wear tweed. I mean, I want to toss you my keys right now. To go fetch my car. Here's a laying in the gutter behind me. So. I, w- I would like to get into. Can we add to the um the agenda? What's the appropriate amount to tip a uh, a Christmas tree guy? Yep. If you're yes. Charlie, it's zero. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the agenda. What was I supposed to do? Give him a twenty? <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have. It's the Christmas season, Charlie. All right. Uh, Maybe I'll go back tomorrow. I'll hand deliver some money to him. You know, I got fired. I'd love it if you would bike there. You know, I'll just walk with the dog there. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, Tip him tomorrow. See. What was so? We're here to d- discuss the Bahrainian Grand Prix. It took place under the lights last weekend, and uh, the big story. Let's not bury the lead. Romain Grosjean crashed into the barriers between turns three and four on a straightaway. And his car blew up in a fireball, the likes of which we've never seen in F1. And he was engulfed in flames for, I think it was... 18. 20 seconds. Roughly. Whoa, give or take. That long? I thought it was more like 
28 seconds and he said it felt like um i thought or was it a minute anyway before he got out it was a long time um i counted to 15 mississippi where like the car had stopped and it was blowing up flames and i was like it was for a long time but he got out his hands were barely um his hands were burned but he's already out of the hospital and his hands are unbandaged already so quite miraculous whatever what did you all think of that well, as the only person who watched it live, let me be the first to address this. Whoa, I, dude, I watched that live. But you were very slow on responding to texts. Because I was watching it. So I, it was jaw dropping for me. I was speechless. I was, I think I said, oh my God. Uh, Becky from the second floor said, what's going on down there? What's happening? Um, but I for sure thought he was dead. I mean, I, when I when I saw the jaw dropping moment was on I saw the car cut in half and I thought that's right where the driver is I don't know how he survived that and then the fireball was a whole nother thing and then the crazy part was each replay they had was kind of more shocking than the last so it was it was hour and a half of I couldn't pull myself away from this so so just uh for our viewers who are listeners who are not viewers um, on turns where most accidents happen, there are stacks of tires or other kind of very flexible absorbent material that the cars go into this because it was a straightaway was Armco barrier, which is if you drive along the highway, you see those metal guardrails. It's like three metal guardrails stacked vertically on top of each other. And his car speared through the guardrails and split in half as Charlie just described. It was unbelievable what happened. Watch the awesome. you watch the YouTube. Go find a video so, of this. So I, I I mean a couple things that I'd like to address. Well, number one, um, I, because Charlie kind of I want I want to say ruined it for me, but like he said something amazing happened, like you know jaw dropping happened. I think a lot of us were on guard. We we're ready for something. So that maybe took away from the, the thrill of it for the rest of us. Not my Remember, fault. You watch on replay, but okay. Yeah, not my. Yeah, not your fault. Absolutely. Not, I'm not trying to blame you. Um, number two, I don't. I'm I'm sensing there might have been a little bit of fake news with Charlie's retelling because when I remember watching it, uh, they didn't show the car splitting until like I think I mean he got it. I know 28 seconds is some kind of long, but a lot of the details about the car split and, and everything that kind of happened after you already knew he was out of the car. So for me personally watching it, it was a huge fireball, which is crazy, but I didn't have that. Oh, I think he's dead feeling that Charlie had maybe that he was just kind of hoping for yeah. that. I don't know. What do we let Charlie that. respond to this yes, or do I get, absolutely the first I get to respond here? I mean, again, 30, 30 seconds watching please. it live. When you see a huge fireball, you don't expect someone to survive that. That was my reaction. I agree. The cutting in half scenes were later. Well, maybe not go back. Sure. Um, Andrew, watching it live, you were very unsure about if you would be okay or not. Yes. Charlie did spoil it a bit in the, in our private chat. Cause I think he probably would have said, Hey, a driver died if a driver died. So, watching it live gives you a little more, I don't I hate to say thrill because that's not the word we want to use here, but uh, anxiety is what I well, had. Thrill was the word your brother used. So Yeah, I know. That's, hey, 
I know. It wasn't thrilling for me. I, I And yet I'm the one under attack. Unbelievable. Okay, so I have to <laughs> Wait, I, dude, I'm not what, what the heck? I'm not dying. I here. saw I saw the crash. <laughs> for real? Was, so let me talk about the how the crash was shown. It was shown kind of in the course of things live for those who are watching it live, but all you saw was kind of a fireball explosion off the side of the screen, and then they stopped showing it. You didn't see you didn't see that the car split in half. Right. The, the, the explosion, frankly, we didn't know what it was, and you didn't know like where his car went and how he was. It was very difficult to see how how serious it was for Romain Grosjean versus just we knew there was a fireball. And they didn't yes. show, this is pur- purposeful by the FIA and whoever is in charge of this stuff, they didn't show the replays until they knew that Grosjean was mostly okay. I mean, he had some burns, but... He certainly wasn't dead and he wasn't like in life-threatening condition. And then they showed the replays. So I, I think that that was, you know, I wanted to, I bring this up because one, even if you were watching it live, I don't know. I kind of challenge your, your assertion that you knew it was really serious. I saw it and it was like, Oh gosh, there was a big explosion, but I couldn't tell it was that serious. Thank you. Rob. And when I did see the replays, that made me think, I, they, I think they handled it really well, kind of making sure that, look, it is an entertainment thing. It's spectacular to watch. And the drivers complaining about, oh, you know, we're humans. We shouldn't have to watch this. Uh, you know, I, I think then don't watch it if you're a driver and that's kind of scaring you. Um, I would say to your point, Rob, because I did watch it live. You did not. I did. You saw a fireball. And they purposely did not talk about the driver and his condition. I would say that omission indicates that there was a serious incident. So please refute that. Right. So uh, I don't know why we keep talking about watching it live or not, because whether you watch it live or you watch it on DVR, it was the same thing, guys. Like you, it's not like because you watched it live, it was, it was, you know, you guys are basically doing this. Well, you know, it could have happened to me type for people. Well, that's basically what you guys are doing. No, well, that's honestly, we're, we're just using your words against you. You can't have it both ways. You guys, I either spoiled it for you or it was the same experience. So which which one is it? It was both. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It was, I, I had the, so it truly, it wasn't because I saw what you saw, but I also think, um, thinking this through now I no, think, no, you had your chance you're done though you had your chance this no 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 you had your chance this stop was, stop oh man go finish me finish. mother effer okay yeah, so let's let's, let's let's get it back on track i think we can all agree the medical car was just fantastic okay yes they were so yes, the medical Overborn. car, the medical car was amazing. The medical car was the second man on scene. Romain crashed into a station where there were three guys. The first guy ran away, totally human, and probably saved his life too. Then he grabbed the fire extinguisher and ran back and stood very far away, blowing the fire extinguisher totally uh, ineptly. To no purpose whatsoever, the medical car pulled up, and that guy basically charged into the fire. It made the first guy on scene 
look like a total a-hole. Okay. Um, I would like to say that I'm going to change my answer to Charlie's question he asked me earlier. He, he did not ruin it because the way he, I remember now the way you texted it, you did not really give anything away. So I, I originally wanted to go after you for ruining it. That's You've not already fair. assassinated will... my character. No. Okay. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, but I think if we're being honest with ourselves, there was a maximum of 28 seconds, let's call it 30, where you maybe had a fear that someone was dead, but that was just, but that was quickly over. So it was a, it was a tremendous crash. And I think we can all agree that, but to, to kind of say, I, you know, you thought this guy was dead for a long time. I, I don't, I, I didn't I, have that feeling. I didn't have that I, feeling. To be, I don't think I ever used the words for a long time. I said, I thought he was dead at first. Um, but Rob, I agree the the first guy on scene with the fire extinguisher, it, it was, it was kind of sad to watch, but I, I mean, he's a volunteer. He doesn't know if this car is about to have a yeah. second explosion. Like I, I don't, I don't really blame the guy. I think it just highlights how amazing the actual doctor in the medical car was getting so close to that and essentially pulling Grosjean from a ball of fire. So I'm, I'm not blaming that guy. I'm complimenting the medic two two points for me i know the doctor did a heroic job there uh, you know I, all the announcers are saying how he went into the fireball that's not really true i would say roman jumped over the rail and then he helped pull them over so point number one point number two did they ever figure out why roman just turned right i know like the one dude karun said he hit some shrapnel but honestly it looked like more like a, a shadow than shrapnel so I, I think that was overblown it looked like he just turned to the right right into the guardrail did they ever explain that yeah so so three points now uh one i think okay. it's not just a kind of a volunteer like out there on a sunday you are a safety official and you're expected as part of your duties to put yourself in some personal danger to save a driver if he needs it so no I think that guy should, I mean, where is this, Bahrain? Probably beheaded. Uh, two, <laughs> the safety car definitely did put himself, he didn't pull Romain out of the car, but he was out there. I think he he showed heroicism, putting himself near slash in flames to, to, to grab him off the barriers. And uh, three... John, what's your, what's your last one? Okay, move on. <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Rob, Rob is out of control this podcast, by the way. You sound like Joe Biden. Thoughts. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Malarkey. So, question. Do we know, he? I mean, do you guys know if that guy is a, truly a volunteer or does he get paid? Because if he gets paid, I mean, that's his job. It's kind of like being a <laughs> cop or a firefighter. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> Charlie was, Charlie said he was a volunteer, so... I just took that and ran with it. Well, all, so, all, reclaiming, wait, no, you're reclaiming just, my time. We, no, no, no. On the, John, John made the point of why did he turn that way? And the, the reason why the, the cars in front of Romain were slowing down dramatically and he was just no. dodge around them to the right and he clipped Kafia's wheel and then went off into the barrier. That's what I think. Mm, no, he was turning before he clipped oh my God. the wheel. Yes, exactly. Because he was trying to go around all the cars that were slowing in front of him. He was trying to dodge around them to the right. Flipped Kafia's wheel, then turned dramatically to the right as a result. Not what they said on the on the, the live yeah, broadcast. Let's, but, let's get back but, on the rails here. Well, um, a couple things I'll say. I, I'm only 
I'm not making up that they're volunteers. <laughs> All the Sky Sports <laughs> announcers refer to them as weekend volunteers. And then wow. just to address the whole fireball, I even getting within like six feet of one, like a, um, a brush fire that we have in Vermont, we have piles of wood and light them. It's extremely hot, extremely hot. I would not want to be as close to that fireball as the medic was. The replays make it look like he's reluctant, but in full time, he's putting himself in there. Um, but the last thing is, just like I thought we would be in agreement on the medical things, I guess we weren't. Can we all agree that the halo, I mean, beautiful design here to stay, probably saved Ramon's life by preventing his head be from being sliced off. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, that that we've we've <laughs> now that we've established other volunteers, do you think that they have to bring their own clothing to the race or is that provided? Because I wonder if it's maybe different than um, what you're wearing in Vermont for your brush fires. Do they get a meal too? They could be paid volunteers. That's the thing. Oh, is that an oxymoron? What is it? <laughs> you volunteer to be paid. I think that's very clear. Are you a volunteer at work? You volunteer to work for Sophos. I'm a paid volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was a good segment. Oh, now we all agree that you don't have to watch it live, but if you watch it live, it's definitely better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> before we move off Romance Fireball, Lewis, during the one hour kind of repairing of the barriers, got on social media, of course, to say, I hope you all appreciate that uh, the, the dangers we take for your entertainment. He said that? I missed yes. that. Yeah. So, so Out, outrageous. One, like Lewis, why don't you focus a little bit more on your racecraft? Two, I I was kind of bitter about that. I don't I don't know exactly why. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm paying for for you to entertain me, and you get forty million pounds a year for it. Like, what what are you trying to say? Like, it was very out of touch. I mean, like a guy who is uber wealthy telling all of us common people basically like making us feel guilty for him getting in a race car and living this lavish lifestyle that that's how i i take that it's ridiculous same old lewis this is why you know i thought he was past this i'm back out on this is crazy i can't believe he's doing this yeah you guys are so out of touch and this is probably i mean what? i don't want to i don't want to blame you guys it's probably because you were watching it on a replay but he just saw someone nearly another driver nearly die. It's like a natural reaction. Well, he, Lewis is a little dramatic. Sure. And let's not say just because he's rich and lives a lavish lifestyle, he can't be scared of driving or have an emotion, a reaction to this. It's there's no, there's, I'm not thinking of many professional sports where the risk of, of death is as high as formula one. So yes. Does he get paid a lot to put himself at risk? Yes. Did he, I mean, I just didn't have the same reaction. Well, I have to say, if you're feeling understandably emotional at the moment, don't get on social media. Don't get on social media while you're drunk. Don't text your exes while you're drunk at midnight. And don't get on social media merely after someone else dies at a racetrack, okay? I can, get on I social concur. media when you can't be responsible. Totally agree with you, Rob. I mean, and I'm not saying... I, I think what I was trying to get at there was 
Did I didn't I didn't here's here's the thing. I didn't read the tweet. I don't know what it said exactly. Oh my god. What, the way Rob just Rob just read it or <laughs> paraphrased it, it made it seem like he was like, oh, are you guys happy now? Like with what we put ourselves through together? Like you it's, chose that profession. You know the, uh, exactly what you're doing. It's the gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not like we, no one forced you into the cockpit. You chose to do that. That is your choice. To, no one's making you do that. Go ahead. Perfect segue, Andrew. I couldn't have done it any better myself to the next topic on our agenda, which is Max Verstappen, public enemy number one. His post-race comments, which were two, and I will say them without commentary, let you guys talk about them, and then I'll come in with the hammer. Sorry, yeah. Rob. I, 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 I have to say, can we, before we leave Roman, do we think that this might be the best thing that could have happened to Roman's career? I mean, his legacy, without was, a doubt. Was, his legacy was destroyed. And, and now it's like, you know, he was about to leave the sport Absolutely like a embarrassed. Phoenix, he's risen from the ashes. Yes, absolutely. Now you see him hobbling with a cast on with his two bandaged hands, and everyone just feels bad for him. I think this is the best thing that could happen to Romain. And under the fen- French social state, he's probably going to get a huge pension. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Verstappen's comments without commentary from me, which is extremely difficult, as you all know. Uh, one, he was asked about how. It was like Albon got the third place on the podium and Max instead, sorry, Max said, well, it's not so great to be uh, 20 or I think it was 40 seconds off of your teammate. Two, Max was asked, in addition to Lewis, Max and Lewis were asked, you know, do you you think that drivers should be given the option not to get back into the car after witnessing something as horrendous as scary as that and max said if i were the team boss i would fire anybody who had second thoughts about getting back into the car go ahead i mean i have my thoughts your your first quote means nothing to me because there's no context you didn't even say what the question was it was just a random quote so not sure what what that was about so I'll, i'll only address the second one and i love that comment yeah, you're running an F1 team. If you're a driver, you're given a seat. As you just, you two just said, Lewis has paid a lot of money to race a car. And if you say, I'm not getting back in that car, then get out of here. You're fired. I, th- I have no problem with that. I, I also can't wait to see the mental somersaults you're about to pull here. Um, but I, I agree. Max speaks his mind. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it, but... I think he, there's some truth to it. If you have a driver that's questioning this, they're probably not going to be a good driver, so you should fire them. So, I, again, I wouldn't say it. I think he comes off as a real ass saying it, but whatever. He drives fast. I, I, I have no problem with it. I mean, I think that's why I know we rip on Max for things he does, like crying in corners. But for this, this is like his <laughs> – this show is behind his... garbage cans. <laughs> <laughs> I think this does show his competitive spirit um, in a in a more positive way than than the weeping. So I think I like this this approach, and um, I have no problem with it. All right. Uh, so I'll first address the Albon comment, which I, I viewed as ne- unnecessarily slagging off on his teammate. I mean, we know that Max is the better driver than Albon. There's no. What's the question? No, there's no like rivalry. 
something like I'll I'll look at I'll look it up, but I won't do it. No, no we now. need the question before we have this critique of him. That's unfair. Okay, we'll fill some dead space while I look this up. You're more professional than that. Your vest doesn't say it, but you are more professional. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get much more professional than that. Just, that. I mean, I'd can't... like to. I'd like to. Well, he's. I'll, I'll buy us some time. I. I. Even if you're critical of Hamilton's social oh. media post, he did win the race. I mean, let let's give him some props there for getting back and winning the race. So. There was a comment earlier about kind of in the vein of shut up and drive. I mean, he did. So I'm still, I'm not hating Lewis this, this past weekend. I, okay. I, should he be, I think what Rob said earlier, but don't text and don't, don't drunk text the same thing. I, I mean, I'm not going to kill him for texting or sorry, not texting, tweeting. It's what he tweeted that bothers me and annoys me. And at the end of the day, yeah, he he won the race just like he wins every other race. So good for him. Um, but that's not why I'm not hating on him because he's not a good race car driver. I'm hating on him because he's annoying and I think sometimes is out of touch with with reality. Hmm. Fine. Um, Can we talk I, about the volunteer situation? At Coda? <laughs> sure. I mean, it says track marshal. Want to be a track marshal? If you're interested in being a track, what is a track marshal? It's the guy with the the flags and the and the yeah, extinguishers. That guy's not. Oh, the, uh, the extinguishers are also marshals. I think. Okay. I would hope that if you're volunteering yourself to be putting out fires, they would make that pretty clear. I'm just saying. I I understand <laughs> the guy's reaction of not wanting to get up close and personal with a ball of fire. That would be, that would be laugh out loud funny though. If you show up and like, oh, by the way. I don't do anyone, fires. If, if anyone explodes in a fireball, you have to put it <laughs> Oh man. Um, another underappreciated storyline from this past weekend is tracing points tumble down the standings. They really lost out with Stroll retiring and Perez retiring very late in the race and McLaren gained a whole bunch of points and I think is now in second, right? And now. No. Uh, so McLaren is now in third place. Sorry, that's okay. 22 points clear of racing point with two races to go. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, this race they got, I think. No, no, sorry. Sorry. They got 22 points at Bahrain. Now they are 17 points clear. So they got a 22 point net gain with fourth and fifth and zero points for racing point, 22 points swing. Now they're 17 points clear. Given how great this race was for McLaren and how terrible it was for racing point and it resulted in a 22 point swing, it makes me think that a 17 point deficit is going to be almost impossible to, to make up. Um, so I found the question. I'd like to return to Max Verstappen. Verstappen. And then can I refute your point you just made? Yeah, go ahead. You go first. So I would say if they just had a 22-point swing, then a 17-point swing isn't <laughs> out of the question, right? Go ahead. No, not, it's not out of the question, and especially because they have two races to go to, to do it. But this was almost kind of – Unbelievably good. Fourth and fifth. 
for a midfield team and zero points for your competitor, this was kind of like a best case scenario. So if Racing Point had a best best case scenario, obviously they'd make up the difference in just one race. I think that's very unlikely. I think we're going to see some retirements from McLaren to for Racing Point to catch back up. Yeah, and we do see those from from time to time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Verstappen was asked about Albon's podium finish. I'm sorry, I can't get the verbatim question. Verstappen answered, quote, if you are 30 or second, 40 seconds behind your teammate, that's not very good, is it? Can't I just say that honestly? So I think this goes back to, yes, Verstappen is an a-hole. So that I think is that's what you want out of a driver. true, but it's so, like, why do you, I don't know, it just seems like, such a dick move for your struggling teammate to do that. This isn't, this isn't little league professional driving motorsport. No, no one's saying it is. You don't have to be an a-hole. I I think that's a life rule. I mean, the greatest athletes of all time are all a-holes. I would say this is not Jordan. This is not like Nico and Lewis where they're neck and neck. Like, and I took personal. Everyone knows Verstappen's a better driver than Albon. You know, it goes a long way to be nice to people. It's free. And Verstappen cannot muster it. I hate him. Hate, hate, hate. Rob, 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 Rob. I'll be honest here. Now let's go on to the second question, which is like, would you allow your, what would you do if your driver was having second thoughts about racing? And, and Lewis, look, we're all in agreement. Like, look, you need, you need to drive the car. You're racing for everyone at the factory, blah, blah, blah. There are all sorts of political ways to say this. And Lewis did those because he's a professional at this, even if his social media sometimes leaves something to be desired. Max Verstappen is like the George Patton of F1, like leaves no room for any kind of uh, PTSD or like, I just don't know. There's something wrong in his brain where he can't be a decent person. Come out with such a hardline statement and just leave no room for human frailty. I hope nothing ever happens to Max Verstappen bad because goes around, comes around, everyone's going to just stomp on his little face when he needs a break. I'll be the first one. I'm going to be honest here. here. I mean, you're, you're, (laughs) so I, I, I'm not sure where the PTSD is. Let's get past that. <laughs> no, we want to address George, George, pa- George Patton. George Patton. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're you're making it seem, Rob, like you don't have this, you know, competitive spirit. Like you're acting like oh, you would be Mister Nice Guy in all of these. Like we all know you. you let's, let's let's go back to your days doing your Iron Man. I mean, are you you're you're stomping on these guys' throats? I'm sure of it. Albon is not Verstappen's competitor. What what the hell are we talking about? Yes, anyone about? on that anyone <laughs> on that track is a competitor, bro. You have a major vendetta guys, with Matt Wilson. You guys like I mean. trip you guys trip three year olds in road races because hey, you know, we're all in the race together. I mean, what's wrong with you, psychos? Max <laughs> needs Albon right behind him to win the championship. He needs him competitive. He's not. Rob, you and are you, you are know not being honest. You know the appropriate approaches to go to Horner and to go to uh, Darth Vader and say after the season and say we need Perez as our number two driver to compete with Mercedes, not to just take random shots at some 
kid rookie teammate you have. I mean, it's ridiculous. Maybe he went to them, and then now they're saying, hey, he got a podium. We're going to re-sign him. And Max and knows he's not. Slag off on your teammate in the media? Come on. No, it's not. Okay. Verstappen's a jerk. Case closed. All right. Yes. Next. Yeah, agreed. He is a jerk. <laughs> yeah. You want a so, jerk driving. So, so uh, I just cannot wait for the first thing to befall Max where he needs a break, and we're all going to say, hey, you know what? You've been a jerk all your life. I don't know where your friends are, but I'm not one. Rob, Rob. That's what everyone's going to say to we know, okay. we know you're not always the most sympathetic of, of characters so, towards people in trouble. A lot of people say that I am the most empathetic person that they've ever met. <laughs> you're kidding me um, <laughs> incident. so uh this is where stroll ended up turtled because of a i would say kafia was like a dive bomber coming on the inside of the turn and then stroll ran over his inside uh kafia's front wheel and flipped kafia got a 10 second penalty by my eye they were equally to blame what are your takes Did anybody, anyone else watch the race? Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think I thought it was a racing incident when I watched it live. Yeah, I didn't watch it live, so I can't comment. I, um, <laughs> I did watch it live. <laughs> it was it was one right on the border between racing incident and sticking it sticking his nose in there. Yeah, 50-50 toss-up for me. I yeah. didn't really I, care, I, care either way. I would I would say, why did Stroll cut the corner like that when I didn't think Kafiat was not dive-bombing like he had three years ago? Uh, I, I don't know. I did. The stewards seemed to come down very hard on Kafiat. A 10-second penalty is almost the hardest you can get. Uh, but I disagree with it. He's got if a history. It, if you watched it live, was there any fear that Stroll wouldn't make it? No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Andrew, this is a this is a question yes. for you. Vettel was on the radio complaining not just about the car being quote undrivable, but also about his teammate. This is the yeah. second year in a row that we've seen complaints from Vettel about his teammate towards the end of the year. Did you see the incident he was talking about where he claimed that Leclerc bombed him on the inside of the same turn we just talked about? And what was your take as to who which driver was at fault, if either? Yeah, if I recall, and I'm sure the folks who watched it live saw the same thing, it was a little confusing because the radio transmission originally didn't match up with the on-track, the video that they showed. So I didn't catch it at first, but then they they replayed it. Um, I don't remember the replay being super clear. I think this is, again, one of those things where Vettel is not racing well and he just starts talking and blaming everyone except for himself. Um and I think his car was terrible. And I think maybe Leclerc did bomb him a little bit, but I didn't have a problem with it. I think he's just, he's just venting like he does. Yeah. I, once again, Leclerc was able to take the same car and finish what seven, seven places higher than Vettel. I mean, yeah, it's getting to be embarrassing. <laughs> so it's not embarrassing for Albin. Oh, it is. But you don't okay. see you don't see Leclerc just like taking gratuitous knocks on Vettel, and anyway, <laughs> Vettel is a four-time world champion who can handle it a little bit better than the twenty-three-year-old Alex Albon who's never done anything. 
I mean, okay. who, hits, who hits down? Bullies. All right. Uh, I don't think there's a lot to say about Botas's crappy <laughs> performance, except uh, if we see him beaten by Russell, the well, this week. Do you want to address why Russell is racing in a particular way this week? Okay. Well, big news. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton has COVID and is not eligible to race this weekend. And George Russell has been promoted from temporarily promoted from Williams to race in Lewis's car. I watched free practice one today. He looks very funny in the Mercedes because he's a lot taller than Lewis and his head sticks way up out of the car almost to the point where it's blocking the air intake area. Um, it looks like almost clown carish, but not going to be a good look for Botas if George Russell bests him in any way, shape, or form this weekend. Should we just take a moment and appreciate what Lewis has done by putting himself probably in harm's way by getting COVID by, you know, hanging out, probably going to clubs for us, really, for the fans. And let me just take a moment and just appreciate that. Yes, he's he's in my prayers right after Donald Trump, who also got COVID to save us. Thank you. Not a Russell is fastest in FP1 and 2. I think I recently, and I'd like to get the... I, I, I said George Russell was a, an up-and-coming driver, so this race could be huge for me. If it could totally prove what I said, <laughs> or it could make me look like a clown. And I think Rob was on the other side of that. I think he said he was a joker and doesn't deserve to have a drive. That I, part I know is I true. Will, I will be a man and say I did say that, and it practice is making me, I, I might look like a, I might have to eat yeah. some crow this weekend, but let's see how the race goes. Rob definitely knows better than the management team at Mercedes. Rob, if George Russell wins, I think you should volunteer to be a uh, fire extinguisher. I'll tell you what. Next race we got to. <laughs> I, don't think that's, I, I don't think it's just a volunteer position because why wouldn't everybody do that? <laughs> Like you could you put your life on the line, a, dude. You can go pay three hundred dollars to go. There's no, there's no way. Or you could just volunteer to be trackside. Come on, and die. You don't die. You run away from the fire, <laughs> and then you stand back, kind of pretending you're fighting the fire, and then day's over. All right. Hmm. Um, oh talking about volunteers because i don't know if this guy was a volunteer or not but did you see in the race when <laughs> lando norris started complaining He's like do you see this maniac running across the track yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was, that was on funny. the last lap yeah hilarious was, was that guy was also that? volunteer he was going, Maybe he he was was going to put out sergio perez's fire his engine car fire these volunteers need training it's crazy they could they show up on race day with Very no training dangerous. yeah well, maybe, maybe further evidence to that they're actually volunteers. Um, Andrew, one more question. Well, this is yeah. more just an attack on you. Um, <laughs> Leclerc, and look, I am fair. That's what everyone's saying. You're empathetic and, and I, you're fair. <laughs> I, have, I have oft attack, attacked Max for this in past years. He has matured yeah. on this front, and he no longer does double moves in the breaking zone that I've seen whether live or on DVR. Andrew, this past race in Bahrain, Leclerc did a double move in the braking zone and the commentators called him out on it and said, oh, oh, that's a no-no. 
he was never sanctioned because I guess the FIA or the race stewards decided that it wasn't like enough of an attempt to, to uh, pass him. But I do remember in Monza in 2019, Leclerc had question, or was it Monza 2020? Where Leclerc, probably 19, because the Ferrari was fast. Where Leclerc had a questionable defense on Lewis and got uh, the, the warning flag, the orange and black warning flag. Leclerc is starting to show troubling tendencies of being a illegal defender, shall we say. Your comment. Um, yes, I, would, I agree with you. I think he does make some mistakes like that, or I guess I don't know if you call it a mistake. He, sh- he shouldn't do it. Um, I think it shows a little bit of immaturity. And I hope he, he works it out just like Max has. And I'm, I'm looking forward to next year when he's racing alongside a very mature, a very polished Carlos Sainz Jr. Um, and I think that'll be a nice, a nice compliment to him. Maybe there's some things he can learn from Carlos Sainz Jr. But yeah, I, yeah, he makes mistakes. He's young. Sorry. Next. Uh, before we move off of Bahrain 1, a uh, topic that Charlie asked to have added to the agenda, which I actually don't know what it means, so I'm just going to hand it to Charlie. <laughs> Quote, restart grid. Charlie, take it away. Oh. Well, I thought it was interesting. Botas fell way down after the start. I feel like he was in seventh or sixth or seventh. And then when they restarted after Grosjean, he was magically up in fourth. So I didn't know where they decided to cut off or where they decided to reinstate the, the starting grid spots, but I thought it was, it was totally crazy. And the announcers addressed it too. And that was, that was it, but it seemed like they pulled it out of thin air. Well, I think I did see on some of the replays that red flags flashes on not only the trackside markers, but also all the drivers on board steering wheels. So I think, it's a point. And at that point, they have the telemetrics to know who was where, and they just put everyone back in that position at that moment. I'm sure they did it correctly, but it, just watching it, Botas, after the second turn before the accident, was way, way down. And he seemed to gain spots in the restart grid. That's what I want to address. Well, it was a really hectic first three or four turns, which are the same, those first three turns, which are the same as this coming races turns which is boom a perfect segue to Bahrain 2 which is called the Sakir Grand Prix because this weekend it's one of if not the shortest racetrack of the year it's kind of described as an oval but it's just like an outer ring with many fewer turns about 55 second lap Um, and what are your thoughts on how this weekend's going to go Probably pretty boring. I think it's going to be a very. I think it'll be. Go ahead. I think it's going to be a very low downforce circuit where the cars are radically changed, so that will create like maybe a, a little shifting in the pecking order. Um, I think it'll be really. I mean, having um, another driver in the Mercedes, I think, will make the race pretty interesting a lot of us have wanted to see that for a while what could another driver do in lewis's car and i think this will be a good data point for us i think maybe max's comments will light a fire under albon we'll see some some great racing between those two that's what i'm hoping for 
I would love to see Albon crash Macto. Same. Retribution. I mean, mm-hmm. that's great. Charlie, to eye be, for an eye. I thought that your comment, uh, your little, it wasn't a spoiler, but you're kind of like, you guys got to see this. I thought Red Mist came down again, and there was some kind of like, my first thought it was like, it was a NASCAR style fist fight between two drivers. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that we are seeing in comments from the drivers after the first practice series on the oval is that they're complaining about the curbs, which I've always found to be a bogus complaint. Like you're off the racetrack. Don't complain about what off the racetrack is like, just stay on the racetrack. Agreed. Stay on the racetrack. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, my last, my last, uh, oh, and we still need to do life updates, but my last race related commentary is kind of a groundbreaker. And I saved this towards the end of the season intentionally is as the tire guy, I'm almost ready to retire that moniker. That's with an I, um, not a Y, the British spelling, because I think that tires should fall into the ambit of competitive differentials. And so, you know, we have the FIA saying different teams can can make different fire extinguishers, which is a mandatory onboard a piece of equipment that each car has to have. But yet we mandate that they all have diff- the same tires. That makes no sense to me. And here's, here's my further point. If there is an advantage to having a softer tire that degrades more quickly, then let the teams figure it out. If, if Bridgestone or Michelin or even Pirelli with, the, with their hands untied could make a very grippy, very long-lasting tire, then let's just get there and then be done with this whole tire nonsense thing. But that's where the state of the automotive industry is, where we can have grippy, non-degrading tires, then let's forget about tires as a element of racing because that's not where we live in the real world. I am ready to, let's say, Ferrari, make whatever tire you want. Mercedes, make whatever tire you want. Let's just move on. No mandatory customs. That's, that might be the most shocking thing, F1 thing I've seen all week. That's including the fireball. Mic drop. And Verstappen's comments. That's probably because you yes. weren't watching live, but okay. Exactly. I was watching live and different. All right. Wow. I would, was... like, I would like our listeners to think about that, and we'll come back to that <clears throat> next I need a shower after this pod. <laughs> All right. Life updates? Yeah. Uh, I'll go. Okay. Uh, let's see. What do we do? Oh, Thanksgiving rolled around. Um, that was nice. Liz's parents and sister, Katie, uh, joined us in Boston for a couple weeks, totally safe, legal. Uh, They were with us, helping take care of our child and uh, myself, and uh, that was nice to have them. My parents also came up for Thanksgiving, not as legal, um, but uh, everyone got tested, so negative across the board, so all good. that was nice. Otherwise, I've just been hanging out, taking care of the kid, reading some, watching some TV. But uh, yeah, very busy. Not vacation at all. Very busy work 
related with the kid. Uh, don't believe what Charlie says about my paternity leave and being on vacation. How many hours a day are you um, taking care of the child? How many, sorry, how many weeks of paternity leave do you have? First, first question. And I have 10. I'm taking eight right now and saving two. And how many hours a day do you actively take care of the child? Or passively 20. take care of the child? Wow. 24. Hero, hero status. Well, I would no, say 24 or, hours a day, I'm passively taking care of the Is it your wife so, also taking care of the child? You don't divide that time at all? Uh, I would you say your wife, you take, take care of the child. Yeah, That's happy right. wife, happy life, as they say. So you're, so you're very difficult non-vacation leave is full of reading and watching TV. Okay. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to <laughs> piggyback when Charlie's getting out there. John, on a daily basis, berates us for not getting outside enough and <laughs> enjoying the outdoors <laughs> or, or reading enough. So no, like I've never said anything about the reading. I have said, I wish you two would see some daylight 15 minutes during the workday. That's not too much to ask. Come on. But you realize you're, you're coming at that from a, a place where you don't have to work. I worked, I was working before this. I would take a, a walk during the day. I worked dog for at least 30 minutes a day. Sometimes 60. 30 minutes. Sometimes more. I, I think you needed to walk her more than 30 minutes. She's an energetic pup. Well, I only have to do half the walks around here. I'd love to get a, a, a group walk. Maybe you and the wife get out for a Same. walk, you know? Why right. don't you organize that with your free time? Okay. Okay. Um, life update for me <laughs> went down to Mijami for Thanksgiving. Um, we've since returned, obviously. We've been, we're in day six of our quarantine post travel. It's very nice down there. Beautiful weather. It wasn't humid at all, just high 70s. Nice to see the Mitchell clan. And now I just got my Christmas tree. We are doing nothing tonight and nothing all weekend started to plan some woodworking projects um that's about it nice would you tip the tree guy yeah i'm going back tomorrow make him whole i got my tree yesterday i can go life updates i got my tree yesterday beautiful tree not too tall not too short fits right we moved it different location this year but I'm looking forward to decorating it tonight. That's my activity. We're, we're also doing a, I would say we're doing a, a, a quarantine because we came back from DC, um, had a lovely trip down to New Jersey first, saw my parents, went down to DC, saw Carolyn's mom, small, small Thanksgiving, but very tasty and, and back again. So overall, great Thanksgiving. Oh, we showed Emmett and Copley. We took them downtown to um, see the Capitol. We skipped the White House intentionally. We didn't want him to see the White House with the current uh, current president. So we'll go back again when, uh, not a political pod, but we will go back again <laughs> when President-elect Biden is, is in office. So, oh, good. Oh, you call him President-elect, huh? Even though it's not official. The <laughs> 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 right. stream media doesn't uh, give election results. I guess I'll go chronologically. We had a nice Thanksgiving. We did not go outside of our bubble with the baby on the way. We just had Karen and Chris over from the attached department and uh, 
split up food equitably, food duties equitably. <laughs> and um, let's see. Uh, we got a Christmas tree on Saturday. We went down to Canton, looked at the cut your own options, which were $90 for either pipsqueak tree or some um, evergreen that was limbed up like a deciduous tree. It was just absurd. We ended up getting a pre-cut tree. It's not drinking water like a cut your own tree. So, you know, you get what you pay for. But it was a good experience. Excellent cider donuts down at this place in Canton. Oh, those are the best. If you need the name, if you need the name, hit me up. Uh, I'm on TikTok and all that stuff. Uh, the baby was due the day after on Sunday. She has still yet to arrive. We'll see how late she she keeps it. Uh, frankly, I wish she'd just get out because it's kind of torturous trying to do work pushing off meetings. You don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, I am not going to take any time off. Got to keep the economy running. I'm saving my six weeks until my wife goes back to work in February, March. Then I'll take two or three weeks then and then save the other three to four weeks for the summer when Annie's also off and we can do some kind of like big time. Maybe we buy an RV and go hit up the national parks. Who knows? Wouldn't a trip with little children in an RV just be delightful? And John says it's not a vacation. Is this, is that really your plan? You're zero days when your daughter's born. Well, I'm going to go to, I will go to the hospital with my wife. The day we return, it's, it's much different when you work from home. Like I can be at my desk for seven out of the eight hours and, and, you know, pitch in where needed with, minimal time out of my work day so that's my plan you're gonna get up in the middle of the night to help feed the kid that i think was the i have nipples but she won't be able to feed off of me so uh you know what i mean come on you know not not hopefully not really hopefully i just like take over the older two kids which still require overnight kind of like my may may fell out of the crib or I, a monster is eating me. Like they require care overnight. So, but I'll do the lesser of the eat to eat. It's a 24 hour job. As John said, I, I guess, you know, Rob's story has changed a bit here. Cause I, I asked him if he'd be in the hospital. He <laughs> laughed at that question. Now he's saying he's not taking any time off. So Wait, I'm just I'm going I'm to trying to get my bearings here. I'm going to the hospital. I'm, hospital. I'm just not taking my quote paternity leave. Until you can schedule a ski trip with the boys. Is that correct? I mean, we'll see how this we'll see how the ski season shakes out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> back in the day, the men vacation. did not go to the hospital. They, they would just yes. stay at home. Also, they don't allow cigars in the hospitals anymore. Things are they really do crazy. let booze in, as John can tell you. <laughs> Plenty of it. <laughs> well, I mean, I applaud your effort here. It's, I feel like Annie's going to have a tough go here, but oh well. But I, I mean, look, we, we, still, we still have a nanny coming every day to take care of two children. Yeah, that's true. Good point. If, if she has to go for a C-section, things may change. Everything's fluid. But frankly, she gets this baby out, just take care of the baby. That's not too much to ask. We will not yeah. make sure we do not let her hear this. I'm sure you've discussed this with her, so oh, yeah, no, she all good. She wants to have this uh, summer time where she'll be off from work as a 
educator and I'll be off from work on paternity leave. So we'll be with the family. And that's I'm interested in the, um, I'm interested in that RV plan. Um, so I'll just tack on a couple <laughs> Like more. if we can get like a cabin tacked on the back for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I really want to do the same similar thing. All right, I'll look into what the options are. And uh, apparently, and I would love to hear some feedback from our listeners on this. You are not, and this is maybe shocking to people who went on a certain bachelor party trip. You are not supposed to be in the passenger cabin unseatbelted when the vehicle's moving. So that would would put a big damper on an RV trip, per se. Oh, Speaking of that trip, I retold the story of when uh, Andrew peered over the shower at the random guy. <laughs> Did you tell that thing? Thanksgiving dinner table. Oh, oh man. my gosh. <laughs> you thought it was Scott, but it was really some random. Who enjoyed, who enjoyed the story the most? Yeah, who did? Probably Barb. Probably Barb. <laughs> oh, Pega. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, I see that Emma Emmett is on uh the pod for the inaugural time so it's appropriate to ask him what his team allegiance is Emmett, <laughs> he's a, mm, he's a big george russell fan <laughs> oh. so. um carolyn is telling me it's time for me to go it's the work day and you're working becky just wanted the chips she did she, i can stay <laughs> It's the work day and everybody's working hard. Okay. Yes. Rob, why are you dressed up? You gotta listen to the pod. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, It's pretty nice vest. Don't worry. I got Andrew one of these for Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Same color. (laughs) We're parking cars at Lucy's. Ciao. Bye.